Hola, so what's the stitch? I have got a lot to get off my chest. I was actually going to not do a podcast this week because it's been such an intense, heavy week in the world and I've kind of been avoiding looking at my Instagram and feeds and news so much, Um, not because I don't want to be aware and want to turn a blind eye to things that are going on, just because seeing flooding of images that are so distressing and just upsetting really gets to me and I feel it in my body and I feel so upset. So I have been avoiding being online and consuming too much. And I guess if anyone else feels overwhelmed and upset, don't feel guilty for doing that either. Um, But the reason I did come on to the pod was things were just happening this week to kind of push me to make this podcast and to tell some stories. I guess it's a little bit of a story time podcast. Um, A few things that have occurred that have just made me like, I just need to talk about it. Like I just need to put it out there, tell somebody, (laughs) even though I have spoken about these things. um, Maybe it's just me putting it to the mic to out into the world might help somebody. And I've just been like feeling that way. So that brings me to the mantra of the mom, which is simply speak your truth in whatever case. I mean, by that whole thing via these couple of stories that I want to tell you. And there is like definitely a, a, a thread throughout it of essentially, I think a lot of people will relate to this experience of having anxiety about going to um, see a doctor or going to a medical professional, health professional setting, like having to go to the hospital, wait in a wait there for a while, be met with a doctor you maybe don't know, especially if it's a specialist and like, it's just a lot of people have anxiety around that, even just like booking an appointment. So I've kind of experienced that from a super young age because I've just had all these kind of medical issues, like, without getting all into it. (laughs) From a super young age, like, what what I mean is when I was eight, I had a inflamed appendix that actually ruptured inside my body. And then, so it it ruptured. And then by the, the, it was too late by the time we, like, got to the hospital to have a surgery, essentially. And somewhere in that process, I then got septicemia, so I was ha- going through all sorts of medical situations. <laughs> from so I, there's like a root cause from that. But ongoing from that, like anytime I would go to the doctor or a health professional, and this is to do with racial prejudice, being a woman, not being listened to, not being heard. I just feel like I never had a good experience. Like doctors would constantly be disregarding what I'm saying, disregarding what is actually happening and just telling it what they think is happening or what they think I should do and always overriding anything I would say. And this is funny in terms of like my woo-woo stuff and how karma works. I feel like I had those experiences when I was young and I was definitely pushed to be in like the medical field. And so that made me want to be like a doctor or in the medical field. But I think a lot of it is just wanting to be in a situation where I could have I say and have power to help and not be practicing in a way that's harmful and like anxiety inducing and using fear as a tool. That's like another thread that I think I've been pulled to speak about, like just so much of fear 
in things that are used in the medical industry as a way to motivate people when it's just the, the worst thing you could do for someone who is vulnerable, going through a, health, a chronic health condition in a life or death situation in times um, or like the future of their children, like when it comes to IVF and things like that, the way fear is used as a tool and to manipulate patients and to get them to do what that health professional thinks is right, oh, it just makes my blood boil. And what I was saying about the karmic thing is like, it's interesting that I experienced all this stuff growing up and had this anxiety around the medical industry and the way people treat patients. Um, there's a lot of talk online about this, particularly in IVF, like just in the medical industry, treating patients like numbers and treating their lives like statistics and factors instead of real human beings, I guess. Um, so it's interesting that I was subject to that for a lot of my life. And then when I became a pharmacist, I got to be on the other side and see the inner workings of a lot of health professionals and just what goes on behind the scenes and the pressure and the stress and, of course, how almost how it gets to that point where you are kind of looking at what, things as pages and numbers and not the human in front of you because of the intense, stressful environment that you're working in and the pressure and the stakes, the harm that could happen and, like, processes. There's so much that goes on. But because I have seen that and I have practiced in that and I have been on the other side, I feel like it's poised me to be quite an intense patient probably <laughs> because I almost can't stand for anyone, health professionals, pharmacists, nurses, ultrasound technicians, whoever you are, dentists, treating patients poorly, unfairly, as though they don't matter, as not listening to them. Oh, I just can't stand it. Even if it's not me, like if I just see that happening, I like have to say something. So I guess that kind of comes to my speak your truth vibes. It's like I, I, I really don't like it when people use their position and abuse their power as though what I say goes and you just have to listen to me. And I get that vibe a lot in the medical community, to be honest, and I'm just not here for it. So I did say I was going to share a story to tell you about why I'm blabbing on about all this stuff. Which one should I tell you first? Okay, well, this is what's come to my head first. I'm going to tell you the lake story. It's actually kind of an iconic story. I'm going to talk about this, shouldn't I? Okay, how will I start? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I am engaged to Angie, aka Angus, my fiance. <laughs> and this lake story is very um, to do with Angus. <laughs> so let's go let's rewind back the leg story occurred when I was 16 I want to say Angus and I were both about 16 and there was a lake or it's actually a reservoir near my house where I grew up and it was stunning it had like beautiful like big bushland around it and you could it was like a big walk up to this hill and then you could see the lake. You didn't even have to go, like, go into the bushland. You could just see it. And it was so stunning to like look at sunset. And I loved going there after school with my dogs and it was just beautiful. 
So I loved going there. And as the story goes, <laughs> we were in school and there was a school camp. And the same year that there was a school camp, there was like a ski trip that you could go that year, whatever grade you were, maybe like grade 11. And um, it just so happened and Ang- Angus and I were friends. So we were in the same group and all of our friends were going to camp. I feel like everyone was going to camp. It was just a thing. And, like, for whatever reason, both of us didn't really want to go to camp. And we also, our parents were both of the same, like, immigrant, um, like, what do you call it? Immigrant makeup, immigrant mindset. Like, you can't go to both. don't have money for that. You either go to the camp or the ski trip. And both Angie and I really wanted to go to the ski trip because I, I think both of us had never seen ski, had never seen snow before. So we were like, no, I want to go. I was like, Def, I want to go to the ski trip. I'm not going to um, camp. So he didn't go. I didn't go. And because we were both still in town and everyone was out of town, we had decided we wanted to go to the lake, the reservoir. The thing with the lake was you would swim in it and it wasn't allowed. So I'm not, con- I'm not condoning this. This was a long time ago and I don't do it now. <laughs> And it was a different time back then. It's like how people – it sounds like I'm so old. I'm not super old, but it kind of was just being kids for however long before me were doing this where you would go on this little like hike to the lake and there was a side track and there was a rope swing. So it was a big tree and a rope with like these handlebars on it. Not very secure. Like it, it was secure, but it wasn't like – People were going on it all the time. I had I had swung on it and jumped on it heaps of times. So Angie and I go there. We do our hike. It's kind of a, it's a fair hike from the road to get to this lake swing spot, like through rocks and dirt and everything. And we go to this um, spot, and it's stunning. You, like, walk down a steep, like, gravelly, bushy hill down to the water, and there's the swing. We see it. It's stunning. We're like, all right, let's go swim. And I think I was like, I should go first. Maybe I didn't say it. I was like, I probably should go first because I – but then I'm like, I don't want to go first. He, he's kid. He can go. And then, oh, my God. I'm getting, like, anxiety thinking about it. I probably should have said before. I, do, I don't, like, tell this story much and I didn't – at the time, I didn't tell it for, like, years after. And then, yeah, but anyways, deep breaths. Then, so Angie goes to take the swing. He puts his hands on the handlebars and swings off. And then he put his feet or knees like up onto the bar and went to like swing off. And I just, I have no idea how this happened or how we didn't see it before, but he just like swung off and his back hit the, this log that was sticking out of the water. So essentially like a tree was there that had been cut off and was sticking out and just happened to be freak accident as he swung his back hit that log and then he fell into the water and I'm just watching from the bank and my instant reaction was I thought it was like a joke I thought it wasn't real I was like what and then it's just deafening silence and obviously like his body not just not coming up and I'm like from that moment it was just complete adrenaline I like animal instinct. Like I, I wasn't thinking in one moment. It was just like one thing after the other. So I run down into the water and like pull him up out of the water and just like pull him back 
to the bank shore. So he was like a couple, I don't know, maybe like a few meters in from the water. Oh my God. Just so insane. And so I'm pulling him back into the, in from the water. And then I like, I kind of realize as I'm getting closer that I'm like, maybe I shouldn't move him up onto that. Like I'm freaking out about his spine essentially. So I like sort of sit him in the water and like I'm trying to like talk to him. He's 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 not conscious this this entire time. And I'm just like sitting him in the water. And then he does come to while he's in the water and he starts just vomiting so much water. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like that on TV or nothing. Like just water just coming out, 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 vomiting, vomiting, vomiting. And I'm like, I don't even know, frozen, freaking out. And then Finally, he stops, but he still sort of is like in and out of con- consciousness at this point. But I kind of realize that his, I guess that his spine's okay. I don't know. As I said, I wasn't thinking. This is, I'm just like piecing it together as I'm like reflecting, reflectively what I th- must have been thinking. But thank God that he didn't have a spinal injury because I'm moving him around left, right, and center at this point. So he stops vomiting and then I move him up onto the bank and he, and I and he's like flat and he's, then he starts vomiting again. This is so um, graphic, by the way. Sorry, I should have put a warning. I'll skip through some stuff. Then I go through some first aid CPR stuff, and then I freak out. I'm literally freaking out. I'm crying. I'm smacking his face. I'm like, please, Angus, please, please, please. And then he opens his eyes and he wakes up. And from there, no more being sick, nothing like that. I was just like, are you okay? Like, can I, like, can you feel all of those things? Like, can you, like... Can you hear me? All of that. Um, and then he, yeah, he could understand what I was saying and, and was just like in shock, of course. And I, I, there was no way I could get him to like walk or move with me. I was too afraid. Like he was in so much pain. So I just let him, I left him there and I'm trying to call 911 this entire time. Well, not this entire time, like as soon as I could. Um, but there's no reception because we're in the bush. Oh my gosh. So then I realize I'm going to have to run or leave like this track and get 911 reception at the top where there's ro- like where the road is, where you come in as luck would have it while this is happening. Like I think just after he stopped throwing up and he like sort of came to and he was all right. And I was kind of making the decision to run away and get a call it starts bucketing like full storm summer storm rain and there's dirt and mud and bush everywhere and I'm like running with no shoes on in the dirt like I just don't even know how that happened I'm like sprinting all the way to the top and then I finally obviously get to call the 911 and it's pouring rain and I'm like knocking on people's doors to see if anyone can help me because I just was like, I just need some help, like, while I'm waiting, I guess. I'm so young now that I'm thinking about it. I was just, like, a child. And then I I actually called one of my friends, that one of Angus and my friends who I knew was close by and was like, can you come and help? And he thought I was joking and I was like, this is not a joke. Like, please, I've called the ambulance and come with me. And he came and then we obviously ran back to Angus. And... Yeah, we had to wait there and they obviously the ambulance came and because it was raining and because of the bush and everything like that, they had to they had to call a fire and like the rescue team to be able to like carry the gurney sort of thing and take him out. Oh my gosh. I, I thought he was gonna have to be 
helicopter lifted. It was insane. But that is the wild story, and there's so much more to it, but it brings me to a moment and what a paramedic said to me that really stuck with me and was wild. And I guess one of the things that makes me want to speak about it and just tell people to just be careful with what you say and be careful with who you're talking to and the way you are in the world because there's that old saying, everyone is walking a path that you don't know anything about or carrying things that you don't see. No matter what they look like, their race, if they do their hair pretty and they look all beautiful or if they walk around and look sullen and sad and not happy, like you have no idea what really is going on or what what led anyone to the moment that they're in and the moment they're, they're experiencing that you're sharing with them. So what it was was, well, obviously I was in, at that stage of my life, the most vulnerable position I have ever been. I quite literally thought my best friend Angus was going to die in front of me, <laughs> like at that point. And... I'm so grateful for everything and how it happened that they, the ambulance came and that he was fine and all of that. But while this was all happening, I don't have anyone there. I'm just by myself. Just imagine me, 16, drowned rat, terrified, crying, and all this stuff is happening. And I'm just like standing there cold, basically. And this woman, it's, I just can't believe it. I'm even thinking about it now. This paramedic just came up to me and said, it was a very stupid thing for you to do to come down here today. And I'm just frozen. I'm like shaking. Like that's the last thing I'm thinking. Like I, I'm not even like what in your mind made you feel that that was okay to say to me at that, po at that point in time? Like that was, I'm literally in, witnessing in the, in the middle of a traumatic, of incredibly traumatic moment for me. And this woman felt it was her prerogative to tell me how stupid I was. And, yeah, that essentially really stuck with me. And I, I think there are other reasons, but because of her saying that, I kind of stuck, it stuck in me that it was my fault that all of that happened to Angus and that I should have gone first. I shouldn't have told him to go there. I was so stupid. And it just, yeah. It stuck with me and I now that I'm older and wiser and I've even been in a position as a pharmacist where you deal with people who are anxious, who are going through things, who have maybe just come from the doctor and got like life devastating news, the way you speak to someone and your energy and everything about those moments can change someone's life. And I just feel like so many health prof professionals don't understand that and don't practice that way and oh, it just gets to be so much so that's why I'm speaking my truth on it the end of the lake story is thankfully Angus was like honestly miraculously not harmed like he I think he literally had a, scra a scrape here and there it, wa it wasn't like he was not harmed he had to spend time in hospital he couldn't walk and his he was in so much pain all of this stuff but long-term effects the doctor said, had he, had he hit that lock like just two or three centimeters different, he could have been paralyzed. Oh, it was insane. And so the only long-lasting effect that happened from that was that he is now anosmic, 
so he can't smell. <laughs> ah, like I feel bad to laugh, but it's been so long now and now it's kind of just like a funny thing. And I do have hope that he actually will be able to get his smell back. There's all this stuff about all factory training. and But, yeah, that is the long-lasting effect. He, he can't smell. He has anosmia. But, like, if that is the only effect from that accident, oh, my gosh. I, I truly think it was a miracle. And I don't know how that all happened. I had wild adrenaline. But, yeah, because of that paramedic feeling that she had to tell me that I was dumb for doing that. It's like, yeah, like I planned that, lady. I decided to do this and I thought this was going to happen. Like, what the f it's just like being in a situation where you're vulnerable and you're meant to be looked after by people and they take that chance to step on you or take like hit you down. It just, for some reason, that's a situation I've been in a lot and I'd be not speaking my truth if I didn't say I think that is a lot to do with racial prejudice and being a woman. <laughs> like it's just classic not being a woman and not being listened to and also being told what to do as though you don't know anything and it's just freaking frustrating <laughs> um, um yeah like careful what you're saying listen to people when they're speaking to you and meet them where they are don't judge and based on what you think is going on in their life and what you see in front of them like listen to the person who's in front of you and meet them with what they're saying that's my message for that <laughs> but the other thing I was getting tied into it is this thing in the medical field of not being believed and so many patients feel that it's such a strong unfortunately a strong thing for even just women and all the things we experience and the medical field having their own say fucked really <laughs> and teachers I can't stress this enough teachers were f to me about the situation yeah when I went back to school Angus was not well and he well he was in hospital and I had to go back to school and just like face everyone and what everyone was saying and I clearly didn't deal with the trauma of what I had experienced so I was fragile af and people at school didn't believe me like quite literally thought I was lying there's no way I could have like these are the things people are saying there's no way I could have pulled him out of the water like how did he not get his neck how was his neck or back not injured like how did I do just so much stuff and there was one like, this is why it's like people who should be trust trusted to look after you and not make you feel anxious saying shit like there was one particular teacher that he just was like looking at me as though, literally as though I'm lying. And all I could say was like, I don't know. I think I had adrenaline. Like I have literally no idea how I lifted him out. I don't know how he was vomiting. I don't know how I did all that CPR. Like it just happened. Like I didn't have an explanation. Like, ah, uh, and like other than that it was a miracle. Like who, what else was I to say? Like I'm so grateful that he's okay, but I don't know why you all don't believe what happened or like think that I'm lying. Like what, what else would I be lying about like I don't know um so yeah not just kids teachers just disbelieving things <laughs> and I don't like that when that happens when <laughs> especially in the medical situation as well so that can tie me to my next story I guess um if it's not clear if you are struggling in any way and feel like you need someone to talk to find the person that you can talk to that you feel safe to and I hope and pray that you find a good doctor that you can look that will look after you and there are good doctors out there like it's not as though they're all 
terrible. It's just I feel like it's so important as a patient to have agency and to speak up and say your truth. And if a doctor is saying something to you that doesn't feel right and you don't feel that it is the only option, like to say that and to find other options because, yeah, I just I can't stand it when doctors use fear as a tool to get you to take medications or to keep going to see them or to keep doing different tests that might not be necessary. Um, And, yeah, I'm just all about using your voice. And not everyone can. So that's, like, another point, I guess, because I have experienced all this anxiousness and um, different sort of medical conditions and I'm a pharmacist. I'm in the position where I do know a lot and I can speak up where someone might, uh, someone else might feel intimidated or feel like they can't. And so I encourage you to do that if you can because it helps. It really does. It's like unless you do push back and tell them when they're, when they're doing the wrong thing or when they're pressuring you, I guess this is leading me to talk about my medication situation. <gasps> oh, okay, so... There was a time where I was going through so much internally through my personal life, family, all that kind of stuff, and so much was work going on that I really couldn't focus at work, and I just, yeah, I just couldn't. I wasn't in control of my emotions, and I didn't want that to affect my work, and I was pushing through, pushing through until I finally was like, no, I just can't, like I couldn't go to work that day, and the thing with a lot of pharmacy um, workplaces I had been in, and maybe it is just medical, I don't know, you have to supply a medical certificate from a doctor to have a day off. And it's not all the time, but one one of the workplaces I worked at, they just, I don't know, there was, because of who I am, I was young, I'm fit, I don't have children, I feel like I was always judged as though like what could be wrong with me like I'm no I'm never sick I'm so healthy this this that and it comes back to that thing like you have no idea what I'm dealing with (laughs) that I don't show to the world not everyone shows to their world their weaknesses or their flaws or their chronic illnesses um and so anytime that I needed a day off which was not often I was the kind of person that never ever took a day I'd have to get a medical certificate and that created anxiety for me because Essentially, like when I would need a day off would be a mental health day and going to the doctor would create more anxiety. Like, um, But obviously I would still do it because I needed to look after myself. And this one particular time I was just at my sort of lowest point. I was having such anxiety and sort of just having heaps of breakdowns, like crying, shaking, um, processing a lot of stuff that I hadn't processed. And I was going through it with a therapist. Like I was all as it w- should be. Like it it wasn't pretty, but that's how it was. You know what I mean? And so I had to go to the doctor to get a freaking medical certificate to tell my work that I am actually not well enough to work, which that in itself was so frustrating to me because I felt not well enough to even go out. Like I just needed to be at home processing stuff. <laughs> And I had to walk, go to the doctor. I didn't want to drive because I was anxious as fuck to drive. Like I literally, literally couldn't. So I um, walked to the doctor and, God, it was just awful. Waited for so long. Then I went in 
And this doctor just hated me from the very beginning. And this is the thing. I don't know what it was. Was it my outfit? Was it my ring? Was it what, how I looked? I don't know. But she just didn't like me. Like as soon as I sat down, she's like, so what are you, what are you here for? It's just very cold and very like criticizing and questioning, like what do you want kind of thing. And I'm like visibly anxious and I'm just like freaking out. And I explained to her like I'm doing this XYZ processing stuff. Like, blah, blah, blah. I just need time off work, like um, not able to focus. And because I'm a pharmacist, I, I, I fear that my inability to focus is like going to make cause an error. Like that causes more anxiety. I'm explaining all this to her. And I'm getting I'm like anxious while I'm telling her because she's just so not caring or understanding or open. She's just like staring at me as though I'm. I don't know. Like she just doesn't like me. And I'm just like, well, like trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> Why is she being like this? And then she's kind of like, well, she's like, well, you'll need a mental health care plan. And I'm like, oh, I actually already have a mental health care plan. Like you should see that because I've been here before kind of thing. And she didn't like that. And she's like, well, um, she's like, well, I can give you one day off work. And I was like, oh, like, thanks. But I actually think I'm going to need more than that. Not thinking I'm that's crazy. Like I'm just anxious as fuck I'm like I'm not like that her saying that I was like oh my god I'm not going to be able to go back the next day like and I think that she was thinking I'm just in there to get medication and I I never said that once like literally not I just needed a break to process what I was going through and yeah she just kept questioning me and was just like not not happy with that and I I'm just I I was beginning to get like basically a panic attack and I just said to her I was like I feel like you're making me feel worse like you're making me feel as though this is my fault and she just she was like no I haven't done that at all she's like I haven't done that at all and I was like okay well I'm just feeling uncomfortable and I start to like cry I was like I'm just feeling really I don't know I just feel I guess triggered I'm feeling I didn't say that but I was like I'm feeling unsafe like is there a way I could see another doctor and she didn't like that at all. She was like, no. She was like, if you want to see another doctor, it'll take another three hours. And I was like, okay, well, I, I just need to get out. Like, I'm not feeling good. And she was just like, no, 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 like, sit down. Basically not letting me leave. And I'm fully having a panic attack at this point because I'm like, I want to leave. Like, I can't. I need to leave. And I'm like, okay, well, the next thing, that because she's, like, not letting me leave and I should have, I, I, I actually got up to go to the door and I, like, I'm trying to go and she's like, no, I didn't do this. You, you need to calm down. She's literally saying to me, like, I didn't do this to you. You need to calm down. I'm like, okay, whatever. You didn't do this to me, but can I leave? And she's not letting me. So I sit down and then I, um, I'm like, okay, well, I need to call Angus. Like, he's, like, my safest person I can think of to, like, make me feel safe. So I'm calling him, like, literally like the doctor won't let me leave and I feel unsafe like I don't know what to do and she's saying to me this is very unprofessional you're being really unprofessional right now and I'm like what I'm like about to lose my freaking mind this doctor I'm a patient I'm having a panic attack I've asked to leave I've asked to see a doctor you're not letting me leave and I'm trying to like calm myself down in the only way I know how because I don't know what else to do and she's being like you're being very unprofessional this is very unprofessional I was like can you please let me leave please and then she opened the door and, like, as I'm walking out she, to the entire reception full of people, she says, this is incredibly unprofessional. She's calling her she's calling her partner in the appointment. Don't book her in here ever again. And I'm, like, in tears. I've got my phone. And in front of the whole reception, I say, please don't book her in with anyone with anxiety. 
for the sake of your patience, please do not. And then I'm still not feeling safe. Like I'm as I'm walking out, I'm like, is there another doctor I can talk to? Is there anyone I can talk to? And everyone just looking at me, no one says anything. And I'm like, is this is this real life? Like, is this a doctor surgery? I'm I don't know what's going on. Like I'm so confused. Like I'm out of my mind. Like this is fucked. And then thankfully, grace of God, Angel sent to me beautiful woman from pathology. She could see what was going on. Like she kind of like poked her head in. And and I I think I looked at her and I was like, do you know anyone that I can talk to like close by? And like, and she was like, she was like, I, I can't, I'm not a psychologist, but you can you can come and sit in here if you like. Oh, oh my God, the relief I felt. So I went into the room, thank God, away from everyone in the reception who had to experience this whole thing. I don't know who's being unprofessional. Apparently it was me. Um so I sit in the pathology room and then I'm like to Angus, like, you need to come pick me up. Like, I'm freaking the F. And I call him and I'm, well, I think he was still on the phone. He's like, he's coming to get me. And then I tell the pathology lady what happened. And she can obviously see that I'm like crying, have anxiety. And she just was so beautiful and so warm. She was like, she was like, I know this doctor might not have been right for you, but like, you'll find the right doctor who will be super caring and will un- understand. And and she was like, anxiety is just such a terrible thing. And like, no one, it's, it's hard to understand. And like, um, but like you will have get you will get through this. Like you'll have hope. Like she had such beautiful words, and she really did help calm me down. And she, when Angus came, she like let him come in and calm me down. And so yeah, essentially that story was like I was at my lowest, most vulnerable point, asking for help, and this doctor was. I don't know. I, I I triggered something in her, and she felt the need to tell me how I was being unprofessional, how. I was awful. I don't know. Like just taking stuff out of me, saying she didn't do anything to me. And like the weirdest part was just not letting me leave and saying that I wouldn't be able to see another doctor. I'm like, why? Like, why? What did I do? Like, I'm just anxious. Like, can I see another doctor? Like, didn't ask for medication once. I didn't want medication. That I wanted a break. Like, from why? Like, I, oh, I just, that was wild. So to follow on from that, I did a review follow whatever they didn't really say much they were like they were just like we will talk about it in our staff meeting so that was great so yeah maybe that's why I felt the need to get it off my chest because if anyone is in that situation if you are in a situation where a doctor is treating you unprofessionally is making you feel like something is your fault is pressuring you to take medication oh please please speak up for yourself or speak to someone else and it's not okay (laughs) like I just feel like I just have to say that yeah, so I've got I had the paramedic telling me I was really stupid after experiencing like this hectic trauma. I'm having a panic attack. I need a break. I need safety and guidance and care, like mental health care. And I'm yeah, told to leave the doctor's surgery and not come back for three hours. And that I also that I couldn't leave the room. Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I just don't know how this happens. Like I just don't know how these people like do this. <laughs> like um but yeah that follows on to the next thing this all happened like over a year ago I want to say because another theme that sticks with me that I freaking hate was basically being told that I had to be medicated to and just get back to work like my whole thing was like I needed time to process what I was going through that was it quite literally I had a lot of hectic emotions I had dysregulation I had my body like physically shutting down because of mentally I was so dissociated and had effed up shit going on. And these doctors are giving me one or one day here, one day there, two days here, 
and saying, yeah, it seems as though, yeah, you may need to consider going on something like an SSRI or a medication. And I am just so angry. <laughs> like, I can't even tell you. That was the whole thing. Like, I had so much anger that I had to process. And I was like, I can't be at work because I have too much, like, going on in my body. <laughs> and then these doctors are kind of saying, yeah, like, I think the best thing for you would be to t start taking something to help control it and that will get you back to work. No, 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 no. And if there's anything I can tell you, I know that drugs work and I know that there are a place for them. There are people who need them and there are people who absolutely do not need them at all. And there are people that have been taking drugs that they don't need for years and years and years with co-conditions and complex issues that start from taking a drug that you don't need and then you take another one and... <gasps> The pr and, like, the pressure and fear that is put on the patient from these people that are meant to be looking after your health and be putting your best interest and safety first, oh, it just makes me so upset. And, yeah, so that was, like, what I kind of went through. Mm. Just, yeah, just, like, things coming to my head of whether, like, maybe you should consider some medication. Oh, like, I just can't even believe it. Like, I, I literally just needed a break to process my stuff. And there's, there's heaps of other things I've done. And I, I couldn't speak more highly of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnotherapy. There's just so many things other than taking a tablet. Like, and I just, yeah, I guess I feel like I just have to get that out there. And I will, I feel like I want to talk more about it and more with the stats and all of that. There's so many good doctors out there that are integrative and have in like all of the knowledge that your doctors would have, but have also updated their knowledge in the past, like 20 to 30 years, or are just more open-minded about things and not so pharmaceutically driven. <laughs> like, uh, like my, one of the biggest inspirations to me and has helped me so much through this whole whatever journey of my, figuring out my, health is doc amen on instagram socials wherever i think i feel like he has tiktok he is all for deprescribing of antidepressants and how so over prescribed antidepressants are for depression anxiety adhd bipolar all of these things yeah and i guess i was just like a typical case of that they were just jumping at the bit to give me some meds and send me back to a place that was completely unhealthy for me and worsening all of these things that they would claim this, the tablets would make better, which is just not okay. Like, there's you just know they're not truly asking what are you eating, how much exercise are you doing, seeing how that would change if we do that for three months and then have a look at, at your options If as opposed to just coming down, sitting down and being like, here's a script, there you go. Next one, come in so I can get another script. Like, oh, my God. I know this, this app has been, like, so ranty, but that's what I'm doing. I'm speaking my truth not censoring myself anymore. <laughs>
to be honest, I wasn't really one to censor myself. I would use, I would always say the thing and that's, that is me, but I wouldn't, it's like, I'm not saying it to other people because I don't want them to, I don't know. Why wouldn't I say it to other people? That is so silly. It's kind of good that I got it out and told you guys now. Oh, okay. Another one just came to my head and we can finish up <laughs> for the medication one. So you know why I feel so like compelled to speak about it. Another doctor said to me, because I was always pushing back. Like, I'm like, I don't want to take medication. I don't think that is the solution. Like this doctor, this was years ago. I hadn't even been to see a psychologist, like literally should have. And I hadn't seen one. And she said to me, she's like, well, you, you'll see like, this will happen everywhere you go, unless you like start taking something. You're like, it'll probably be the same thing happening everywhere. <gasps> but I didn't take it. I didn't take it. Like I couldn't, yeah, whatever in me was like, I'm not going to be feared into doing something. For, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. And I guess that's me putting this out there. Don't be feared into something that doesn't feel right for you. And if you feel that you know what you need and it's not taking medication and <laughs> getting back to the grind. Just like inculcating that belief in yourself that you know what's best for you and no one can use fear as a tool to manipulate you into doing something else, particularly when it comes to your health. Oh, and lastly, just about the way we speak to each other and the things you say to each other, even if you're saying it to yourself and for your mind, that's like, um, next time we're watching the glass onion last night. Good show. This is the second time we watched it. And the first, there's this line and it stuck with me the very first time they said it, which was, it's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for telling the truth or for speaking the truth. And I just think in the medical industry, a lot of people speak without thought. And if you're dealing with patients who are anxious, which they will be, because whatever you're doing, they're probably anxious. Like that's just the case when you work in the medical field. Um, and aside from that, you're just dealing with people, their health, their body, their mind, their life, like whoever you are. It's not just if you're a surgeon, like when you're a dentist, when you're a receptionist, like uh, just be careful and just be kind and just like don't work with so much ego. I think uh, I think for some reason I trigger so much ego in people whenever I'm there, whether it's because of my skin color, the way I'm dressed, maybe even just being nice. I honestly think because I I do put out a positive, nice energy, people perceive that as like I could I must not have never been through anything or I don't know anything or like I'm dumb. I don't know. And it's just like, no, I'm just nice. Like I've actually been through shit, but I, what's the point of me putting my shit onto you? I think nothing. <laughs> Whereas I'm experiencing a lot of people feeling that it is okay to put their shit onto others, particularly in the workplace and when you're, they're a patient or like a customer. And I'm like, I'm seeing it and I'm like, what is this? Can we not? <laughs> like, can you just do your job and do the ultrasound without like trying to tell me what to do with my life and like not listening to me and yeah <laughs> oh that okay well maybe I'll just tell this last story then <laughs> this was basically today 
It's just like anxiety-inducing things people say. The ultrasound technician is checking my a lump basically and I know that it's all okay because it's actually been cleared before by a specialist I had to go through all these tests and prodding and da 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 and this is a new ultrasound I get it she doesn't know she hasn't heard but the thing is I know <laughs> and she's saying to me she's like oh so it's definitely a pat is it it's called a pash also she's like it's definitely a pash and I'm like I'm like, yeah, like all the tests, like the specialists, they did this, that, like, yeah, they said it's a patch. She's like, that, she's like, that's weird that they would say it's a patch when they haven't even done a biopsy. And I'm like, and like a part of me would have not said anything for, because I'm currently having an ultrasound. Like, can we not have this kind of conversation? But then I just said, I was like, you know, like comments like that can really make a patient feel ang anxious because you're kind of implying that it hasn't been cleared. And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to put it all together. And I was like, yeah, but you can put that all together in your brain or like to the doctor because she's taking the scan to go show the doctor and they'll discuss and talk to me. Like don't say that stuff while I'm having the procedure so that I can then think, oh, my God, something's wrong with me when I actually know it isn't because it has been cleared and all of that's gone wrong. She's just like having a thought out loud but also like an egoic thought because she's trying to say like she knows more she's seen pashes before and like oh when I've seen one it's never been. she's like that's weird that essentially like not believing that I have that when unfortunately I've had this for, for years I've been poked and prodded it's been checked it's all good I understand you want to tell me how much you know about the situation but like can we just like do the test and you can talk about that later because I just don't want to deal with it <laughs> so yeah that's the story those are my medical nightmares, <laughs> medical procedure, anxiety. I don't even know. But I guess that, that that literally happened today. So that was why I was saying like stuff just happens that makes me want to like talk about it and reminds me of stuff like the lake story and like, oh, it's like that's not even the tip of the iceberg. I have so many wild things doctors have said to me as a pharmacist and as a patient and as a child. <laughs> and I just think it's not good. You're so unprofessional. Yeah. Like. What? I was a patient. What is a professional patient? Does anyone know? Can you get? Can you let me know? Like, what does it take to be a professional patient? And I probably thought I was being. I was like, I'm dressed nice. I'm, I'm on time. Like, ugh, I was such a chronic people pleaser. Like, wanting to always be amiable and right. And and then, and then I'm so glad I'm not anymore. Because <laughs> now I can just tell people like, no, that's not it. That's wrong. And why are you doing that? <laughs> and it's very freeing and liberating. And look, I'm not trying to be mean or make anyone feel bad. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always nice, but people and people, she like people honestly can't take it. Like even when you are nice, and I'm like, well, I don't know what you want from me. I'm not going to be mean. It's like you being mean and egoic and putting it shit on me while I'm going through this procedure and anxious. Like I don't really want to be anxious and angry back. I just want this to be over with. <laughs> oh, okay, I feel like I've ranted and vented enough. Lol, I'm just, I just went for it, just went for it today. Just was like, gotta get, get it off my chest. Hope you enjoyed. Hope it was somewhat um, entertaining or you learned something. Well, at least now you know what's the sitch with me and my medical anxiety and speaking your truth and not giving into people using fear as a tool. None of that. That's in the bin. <laughs> All right, well. I think I'll leave you there. I will chat to you next week. Who knows what I'll, what I'll want to get off my chest, who I'll be talking to, what I'll be debriefing, whatever comes up. 
If you want to follow along behind the scenes of the podcast, follow on Instagram at SWTS Podcast, where I post lots of treats and behind the scenes stuff from being extra and just like whatever I'm doing. <laughs> and yeah, see you next week. Bye, bye, bye. Peace out. Like when you're a patient, you should be there to be cared for, looked after. They should be doing, making every best effort to make you comfortable and understand the situation X, Y, Z. So if someone's making you feel anything other than that, that's not all right. You know what I'm saying? And it's okay if you feel like you can't speak up, but tell somebody, tell me and I'll go tell them. (laughs) I'll go tell them all.